A reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 16. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elam, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs, an omer to a person, according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who had gathered much had nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Chris. Let's pray. Gracious God, uh, we gather here in the middle of a week uh, with all those things that have come at us uh, that we didn't expect and those things uh, that seem to overwhelm us. And... uh, We come here tonight to hear um, your word, uh, 
that nourishes us, that shapes us. And tonight, um, a deep call to trust in you, to trust in the God that you have, have been and will be, and the God who holds each one of us in the world now. So open our hearts and our minds to the power of your word. Amen. So it has been 45 days since the release of the Israelites. They were um, enslaved in Egypt under Pharaoh. And now they find themselves in this wilderness. And they have no idea where they are going or how long it will take to get where God is leading them. So they have become nomads. And they are getting really hungry. The basic necessities in life are not readily available, and they have had it. And so their words sound clear that Chris just read. If we had only died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. It's almost like you would rather have the devil that you know than the devil that you don't know. And God did hear their cry in Egypt and saved them, but now this freedom that they had been crying out for does not feel so good now. At least when they were enslaved, they had something to eat. And they're not convinced that God knows what their need is right now. And then God spoke they shall eat quail by night, and in the morning, they will find this strange flaky substance coating this wilderness around them. And they ask, what is it? That's their question. And I think it's helpful to know that the word manna finds its origin from the Hebrew question, what is it? So manna actually means what is this, God, that you are providing? Well, this what is it stuff was actually edible, and it was high in sugar and carbohydrates, but we hear that you couldn't store it up because it would spoil. It only came daily in the morning, and the Israelites had to trust that it would come each day. And in a miraculous way, there was enough for everybody. But it wasn't quite what the Israelites, I think, were planning or maybe even wanting. And I want to talk tonight about wilderness. It's literally, in biblical times, the wilderness where these people are, it's literally a desert, this vast, unending place where familiar things disappear. It's an image that's prevalent in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And because it's the context for our story today, I think it's worth spending some time to think about. We have wilderness times in our lives today. I think about it here at Mount Olivet when we have prayers of the people. I think often those prayers that we name publicly are those wilderness times in our lives or for someone in our family or for a community, someone that we love who has been taken from the place that they have known and are now in a place where they don't want to be and they have no idea what comes next 
and often in wilderness we have a crisis of faith. How will I make it? How will we get through this? We can experience a wilderness personally with our family, a community. I even think in a world we have wilderness times. It was actually nine years ago this coming Halloween that I broke my ankle. I was walking down my sister's front stoop holding Caroline, who was eight weeks old at the time, and somehow I slipped or tripped on the concrete steps. And thank God, I caught Caroline. She landed gently in my arms, but my ankle was fractured in two places. I was just seven weeks into my senior year of seminary, and I had started that year knowing I had six classes to go and a brand new baby and I could do this, I could graduate in May. And so it seemed achievable. I thought, I have a plan. I can do this. I can get this done. But now with this setback, I wasn't so sure. I was disoriented and found myself in this wilderness place, this place that I didn't want to be. And I thought to myself, how can I slow down enough to heal? take care of our brand new baby, and still graduate. It was my right leg, so I couldn't even drive. And I complained against God, and I said, don't you want me to do this? How am I going, how am I going to do this? And I cried. And what I realized was I couldn't go into some little pantry where I had stored up enough stuff for a time of crisis and then just pull it out and be okay. There was nothing that could have prepared me for that moment. And a few days later, after the ankle break in my surgery, I received a card in the mail from my mother-in-law's friend, someone I didn't know very well. And the card said this, thank goodness that God is still in the business of taking care of business. Manna was not a flaky substance for me at that time. It came in a different way each and every day. The night after my fracture, Caroline slept through the night for the very first time. Randy, my husband, his business travel was delayed for that upcoming month in November, and so he was able to be home. My parents, who were retired, decided that they would drive from St. Paul to Plymouth, three times a week, so my dad could then drive me from Plymouth to Luther Seminary, back to Plymouth, and my parents back to St. Paul. He would take me to school, and my mom would stay home and watch Caroline. I think they put on 100 miles round trip each day. My mother-in-law found this tiny little wheelchair that fit through the narrow halls of our townhouse, so I could hold Caroline and still scoot around and do some things at home. It didn't snow that year until later into December after my cast was removed, so I was able to hobble along campus in my crutches. And someone I didn't know very well at school stopped me one day after class, handed me a little cooler, and said, Beth, I made dinner for you tonight. We are talking about callings this whole year. And as I mentioned in the welcome, I think in this story, we hear a deep call to trust. Trust in a God who is concerned with daily existence for everyone. 
We often don't need to trust when we can do life and provide for ourselves on our own means. But when we find ourselves in the wilderness of life, which we all will be in many times, we seem to have to trust in a new way. But I don't think it's only a call to trust. I think it's also a call to notice and then name what is gifted to us every day. What form does daily existence, what does manna look like in the wilderness for you? When we notice it and when we name it, God can get really interesting and creative because he shows up in many different forms, like people from your church or your family or a community who hears about your time of wilderness and then shows up and responds. But none of these gifts we can store up. They come at the moment, and it's just enough for what we need in that day. Now, what burns in this story is that we have to learn to trust. We have to be dependent on God, and we don't like that. It doesn't feel so good. We like to be self-sufficient and planful. We hear in this story that our call is not to be the best one at collecting manna and storing it up. Rather, it is to trust in the daily discipline of knowing that God will provide each day. You see, God cares so deeply for us that he will provide for what the context cannot. God cares for us so deeply that he will provide for what the context cannot. Now, there's a tendency to look for God in the big and the miraculous, but there's a deep call in this story to remember that God is found in the simple, ordinary, and daily. If the word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ... That means that nothing is off limits. God's sustenance can be embodied in everything. And I think that faith is gifted, it's nurtured, it's strengthened in our wilderness times. And also, when we put ourselves out there to trust in that, and then notice and name the gift of grace. There's a rhythm in this life of being manna to someone else, but also another rhythm in receiving manna that's gifted to us. And God is the creator and sustainer of both of those pieces. And so I invite you tonight and in the weeks ahead, maybe you're in a wilderness time right now, I know for certain you probably have been. What, is, what was that wilderness time for you? And then what did manna look like in that time? It's a call to trust God each and every day and to notice and name that daily grace. And how cool and wonderful to be a community who does that, knowing that we can be manna for somebody else knowing 
that we could look to someone to help us name and notice how God is showing up in our lives. And maybe we have to say that to someone to remind them what it looks like in their life. The band's going to be playing a song during the offering. And tonight, let's just take a moment to listen. Powerful words that speak to this scripture and speak to the call to trust. And I want, you, I want to read a few of the lyrics. Those who are broken are becoming the chosen. Lift up your eyes. We are not forgotten. Reach for the dawn and wait for the morning because hope will lead us on. Amen. <laughs>